Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Veterans are who we are, what we talk about, who we fight for. This podcast sheds light on real issues facing our veterans. It informs the uninformed, it celebrates their triumphs, and provides hope to those fighting a silent battle. This is Upholding Valor. Welcome. I'm Jill Atwood, Director of Communications for the VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System and your host for Upholding Valor. Let's talk some pride today. Let's shout it loud and proud, and I've got a couple guests here who are going to help me. Each year, the nation celebrates LGBTQ Pride Month. VA recognizes the important contributions of all who have served, including the LGBTQ and related identities community. All veterans should have access to a safe and welcome environment. That's the key here. This year's VA theme is United for Equality. The theme underscores how employees, veterans, and their families have built and continue to build a culture of inclusion, respect, and compassion. In such an environment, every person is treated the same. Okay, today we're going to talk about how far we have come as an organization, VA. We're going to talk about resources, and then we're going to talk barriers that still exist for these men and women. Is that right, Michelle? We've still got some barriers. Yes, we do. Joining me now is Michelle Wilcox. She is the LGBTQ plus veteran care coordinator here at the VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System. And then we have Tish Olson. We've had Tish on before. She's fabulous. Certified peer support specialist. Uh, She's also an LGBTQ plus activities coordinator and a trans feminine veteran. Thank you so much much for being here you two and I'm thankful I got those titles correct because whoo they were a mouthful and important important positions so the first thing I want to do Michelle is turn to you and I'm struck by all the pride flags everywhere I can't help but notice it driving home all through my neighborhood I've never seen anything like it this year seems to be the breakthrough year or my Am I imagining things? Talk, talk to me about your thoughts of the community and, and what you're feeling. And, and Tish, I want to hear it from you, too, when you see all the pride flags everywhere. I think what's going on is with, um, um, it's, there's a sense of solidarity also with um, what's happened um, with race rela- relations. Mm-hmm. It also affects LGBTQ issues and we want to be able to support minority issues. And so I think raising the flag wherever you are says we care. We care about everybody. What do you think, Tish? You've noticed them, right? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. It makes me happy. It it makes me very happy, too. And um, the thing about it is, is... I'm finally starting to see America start to become America again. I, in, in my opinion, is that is, we're we're starting to become a unified front again. Um, 
every person is a different person and every person thinks a different way and it's okay to disagree to agree to disagree it's something that i think we lost somewhere along the line mm-hmm. and now we're starting to find out that you know it is okay to disagree with someone but to still support them do you think what happened to George Floyd brought all of this to the surface, all of this to the forefront? Um, the situation with him and pride and just equality in general, do you think that sparked something? I know at the Pride Center, they changed their logo to include brown and um, black people um, because it did bring to light the lack of solidarity um, because... Um, when when you you lack rights, that's that's across the board. Whether you're LGBTQ or um, black, brown, Asian, and yeah. I think together uh, we all have to work together to uh, to address those issues. Good point, Tish. Your thoughts? Yeah, I love the fact that they've included those colors too because. Being a trans feminine woman and being white is, I still struggle with the everyday issues that we have, but I'm more concerned about my sisters, my wim- the uh, women of color, the transgender women of color mm-hmm. that struggle even worse than, than I do. And they sit there and they have to fight the battle even harder. Mm-hmm. They, they race and the discrimination and just the pure hatred just due to the fact of color and then also being transgender on top of it and just being different it's it's a battle i'm here to to support everyone because everybody matters and things matter and because of what happened with with mr floyd is yes it's brought it all to light and i'm glad to finally see that we can finally rally around things. Tish, talk to me about your your struggles, the, the barriers you still face as a trans feminine veteran. As much or as little as you want to tell us about your story, I think folks listening could benefit and that's why we're here today. Well sure, yeah. I don't I don't mind sharing my story. Every time I share my story I gain a little bit of my power back. Um, the struggles that I still face today is I'm built like a linebacker. I've got a gunny's voice, and, you know, unless I want to pay for an, an ungodly amount for surgery to stretch my vocal cords, I'm always going to have a gunny's voice. Um, I don't think there's a surgery to where I can get my, sho- my shoulders brought in any smaller. I We're not at that stage yet. Sure. So, misgendering. And uh, misgendering and mis, uh, misuse of pronouns is is a big thing. Um, Can you describe that? What what do you mean by that? This is for folks who are listening and they're maybe just completely unaware. Okay, misgendering is I identify as female. I am female. I think as a female, but when I walk when I walk into the VA, when I walk into a store, people see that I'm built like a linebacker. They take a first glimpse of me and they hear my voice and they say, Yes sir, how may I help you? And it's not done intentional. And it's but it's hurtful. But it but it hurts. And 
if I have 10 people do it in a one-day period, even though it's unintentional, even though they didn't mean to, and even though they go and correct it, which is great, by the end of the day, that 10 people, that wears on you. And it feels like a microaggression. Um, Get the funny funny looks at. Um, I've been walking through a store, and I've seen a family coming towards me, and all of a sudden the mother's taking her children and pushing them off to the side like they want to protect me, like I'm, I'm some kind of disease or something. That's why I'm looking so forward when I find someone that can make a shirt for me that says I'm transgender. Or, yeah, I'm transgender, not a disease. I'm not contagious. <laughs> yeah, it and, is hurtful. But, you know, the thing about it is the best way we can fix that is through education, through podcasts like these, and just move forward. And it's like I always, I tell a lot of people that have questions that that they ask about me is one thing I like to leave them with is that, you know, you don't have to understand it. You don't even have to like it. But you don't have to treat us like we're subhuman. And um, I have another shirt that I, I love to wear because I am a 22-year veteran. And it says, I fought for your rights to hate me. Oh my goodness, that's powerful. Yeah, and uh, and I've matured in in my days. Uh, at first, when people would look at me, as you know, yeah, I would basically look at them and say, "You know, you got a problem? What's your problem? You know, you got something to say?" But now I've, I don't know, kind of grown up. I think I made it to age twenty-one. You know, <laughs> mentally, <laughs> and. Um, but now I look at it that most people aren't looking at me like they've got a problem with it or most people aren't looking at me like I'm a thing or I'm a, ooh, what the heck is that? They're looking at, okay, I don't know how to approach this person sure. and I don't want to offend them. But when we sit there and we hide in that fear about offending someone or not wanting to approach someone, then all we can do is live on accusations or live on things that we hear about on the internet or things, you know, you always see the, um, the little, um, little video clips on Facebook about the person that goes ballistic at Walmart, Mm -hmm. but you don't see, or the ones that were the, that are dressed way too wrong. But you never see the videos of the all the normal people, all the ones that are just going about their day-to-day business, because that's what sells. And that's why I love doing this education. And biggest part of my education is, I, you know, I talked about my sisters of color and uh, brothers and sisters of color, whether it's trans-feminine or trans-masculine, you know, they are murdered on a much higher rate than than anyone else in the transgender community. But right now, the transgender, every single year, transgenders are murdered in the in the in the world, and in the United States, that number every single year has grown. And it's sad. And it's not that they committed suicide or that they 
got into an accident and died. I'm talking about full-fledged murder. Last year, three of them were trussed up and burned to death. It's hard that's, to fathom. That's a lot of hate. Why? Because and we're fear. different. Yeah. And a lot of fear. Why? Because we're different. I always love to add the fact, too, is that we've been here before. We've been here many, many times. You know, equal rights, women's rights, you know, men of color in the military, women in the military, uh, the Tuskegee uh, Airmen or the Red Tails. They're the men of color that they were a, a complete black squadron that proved to the military that that black blacks can actually pilot an aircraft because they were saying that they didn't ha they didn't have they couldn't do it they weren't smart enough and they came out to be one of the most decorated squadrons in the war can you talk to me ab about what gave you the courage to finally be your true self and transition how did that come about when did you make that decision how did you make that decision who was there for you my wife is what really helped me make the decision is I was hiding I was dressing in my house and my wife just basically asked me why don't she would ask me why I would dress or why I liked it and I couldn't really give her an answer and um, so she asked me to look into it and as I was researching it, I also came up to the VA and started getting help for the issues that I have between my PTSD and suicide and anger issues and drug and alcohol. Um, I actually found myself. And what gave me the strength and the power was all the support that I got from my wife, the support that I got from the VA, but also realized that I just, I'm tired of living for someone else. Sure. You know, is, it's not like I woke up one day and decided to be a woman, is I finally realized I was dying as a man, and I decided I wanted to live. So I've decided to live, and now I look at it to where this is me. You like me, you hate me, that's up to you. But also, too, that's your issue. It's not mine. I'm not going to own it. Thanks for sharing, Tish. Michelle, can you can you speak to that? So what kind of courage did that take? How do you get someone through that journey? If, if, if they present to you and want to take advantage of your resources, your expertise... How do you navigate? How do they navigate that? What, how can you help them? I think first it's, it's just incredible to, to show up. Right. Showing up is, is, the first, is the first step. And um, having the expertise that we have here with Breeze Hannaford is, is um, really a gift. Um, and I, I think having the support from other veterans who are going through the same thing 
and knowing that they're not alone. Um, being aware of specific treatments um, that that relate to what they're going through. And um, so having gender um, identity groups, having um, groups that treat the whole person, um, so not just their gender identity, but also trauma, but also mindfulness groups. And so I think just surrounding them with, with the care that they need. I think even recreation is, is something that's really important. That's why um, having, having Tisha doing this, um, being the activities director, being in a community where you feel safe to be yourself with the LGBTQ plus community, really allows you to grow into yourself. So you put that plus on there. What does the plus mean exactly? There are a lot of identities that um, continue to, I think people have need to be able to um, identify for themselves Mm -hmm. who they are. Um, Intersex, um, there's IA, there's asexual, um, there's all sorts of identities. There's pangender, there's uh, non-binary, pansexual. So that that is what the plus is, is gender is a spectrum. It's, it's sure. you know, like, like the rainbow. I mean, on one extreme, you got the XY chromosomes, and that is your completely fully 100% max, uh, you know, masculinity. And then you got the XX, which is your femininity. But then you got everything that's all in between there. I'm the one that falls in between there. It's the beautiful rainbow. Yes, it is a beautiful rainbow. How proud are you of VA's program? I know in the decade that I've been here, it's grown tremendously. And you're fairly new to the program. So talk to me about your excitement and your plans for the future and, and, and how you see taking this program even further so I've been here probably about a year and a half um just in the vision um we're superstars Uh, (laughs) yes you are yes Breeze started the program in 2009 so you know we were ahead of the game I think we started as far as the nation in just 2016 um I think our our goal is to train on pronouns train train from from our our agent like our facility and and train our whole um from top down on how on how we can stop the misgendering or reduce the misgendering and using proper pronouns and we have the goal to take that national uh, to record it and and help that help that stop help that reduce um, and our our peers are doing that. Mm-hmm. As a result um, of our Pentad seeing that training, it was very powerful. Um, we have two; these two positions were were given to us um, for full time hire for two, like of one full time hire, two half time. So that, and I think that happened in two days. That never happens at the that's, VA. That's that true. Never happens <laughs> at the VA. She speaks the truth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so our goal is, is a lot of the training. Um, we continue when during the pandemic, we were able to change about nine groups to VVC 
We were able to serve our veterans throughout the pandemic. We want to expand our recreation, mm-hmm. and Tisha is going to continue to do that. Um, increases our sense of community. Um, we're trying to increase our evidence-based treatment. And in um, psychotherapy, that means this is research-based. We're connected with uh, LGBTQ individual across the country who's doing a lot of research and and we're building these programs with her and many other programs across the country and so we're connected with several of those i would imagine the mental health component is is huge am i right it it's very extremely huge because the one thing that people don't understand is that we don't we're trying to figure it out ourselves sure I mean, I was born in 1965. Transgender wasn't even a word. Um, best way to hand, handle taking care of an issue was like that was um, heavily medicated, electroshock therapy, or frontal lobotomy. Ugh. You know, and so I I learned how to hide very well, and uh, so I wasn't able to come out until about fully come out to the world was about five six years ago. Um, wow! Yeah, you stayed I, hidden for a long time. I did the whole time I was the whole time I was in the military. I had to hide, and uh, I became part of the. I became a client of the program in uh, actually 2010. You know, yeah. Sharing, don't ask, don't tell. Uh, no, no, uh, the, the program here, the okay. LGBT. You know, because Bree mm-hmm. started it, and I, I joined in the very next year so i've been with this uh, the whole time too or most of the time because it started right around oh nine ten yeah 2008 2009 yeah yeah, right when i started here it was about the same time and i kind of just kind of walked into the group not knowing what to expect um high and tight (laughs) wearing leather and a corset underneath my shirt that nobody could see (laughs) and um but the thing about it is, is that with the mental health, is that we have, we are trying to figure out who we are too, because mm-hmm. we're thinking this way, but yet society is telling us to think that way, and that's why a lot of times you you see transgenders at Christian uh, Beck, Navy SEAL. What better what better place to prove to yourself that? You can do it. Mm-hmm. You can be the man by being with special operations, jumping out of airplanes, rodeo, motorcycle racing, uh, um, stock car racing. Sure. You know, a lot of us say, oh, well, you're just adrenaline junkies. Well, also, too, but we're trying to prove to ourselves that we're not freaks, we're not weirdos. Right. Because that's the only words we knew growing up. And uh, the program now is awesome because, like with myself, is I felt like it was just me. I was all alone on an island. I was the only one that suffered from this. I, if I would have died in battle, I would have would have had a glorious death. I would have went to Valhalla and feasted with my ancestors. My little dirty secret was safe it didn't happen 
and the groups are wonderful and I like the fact that Michelle brought up the and Michelle and Breeze brought up the fact about the activities is because that's the other thing we're looking for is doing social things, getting that social yeah. connection within our community but also just with the community in itself. Because we need that connection. And when you've been hiding your entire life or when you've been wearing a mask and then all of a sudden you come out and okay this is me it's raw it's you're just as scared of of, you're just as scared as a person sitting there looking like okay what's going on do you still feel that way each morning or is it better I, I feel a lot better I'm um I've kind of came to, you know, like I said earlier, I I came to a realization that you know what, this is me. Yeah. Well, I you think like it, you like it, you like it, you don't. I think you're extraordinary. Well, thank you for being so raw and real and sharing so much. Well, thank you. I I hope you've helped a lot of people that are listening. Which brings me back to you, Michelle. So, how do they take that first step? Where do they go? How do they get in touch with you or your program? I think it's pretty easy. Um, we have a website. You usually I have to look it up as well. You can just <laughs> you can just look up Salt Lake City VA LGBT, okay. and both Breeze and I are listed. Um, you can call us, and as long as you're enrolled at the Salt Lake City VA, um, you're welcome in the program. And you know what? If you're not enrolled, get enrolled. That's right. Exactly. What are you waiting for? That's it. That's all you have to oh do. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you both so much. Any any closing thoughts before we go? Yeah, as far as that enrollment yeah. is, I know there's still a lot of veterans out there that kind of look at it as that if war didn't kill you, the VA will. So not true. And I was just going to say is I just want to put a little plug in for the VA is that, you know, things have changed. Times have changed. You know, the VA is, is a very wonderful place. And... When I first started dealing with the issues that I had, the only place I thought was safe was my house. And then I started coming up to the VA, and the VA is, is another place I felt very, very safe. And they have helped me quite a, quite a bit. Thank you. And, yeah. and we know veterans best. We, yes. we just do. We, you know, focus specifically on veterans, medicine, health care, mental health. We've got some excellent people here. So thank you for pointing that out. I appreciate it. And if I could add, if you're an employee here and you're happy and as an employee, I love working at the VA, then I think you're going to serve your population well. And I think Salt Lake VA is a wonderful, wonderful place to work. Thank you both so much. I appreciate it. And thanks for joining us today for Upholding Valor. Stay safe, take care of each other, and be kind. This is Jill Atwood. I'm a VA employee, Army veteran, and veteran of Desert Storm. And this is really personal to me. There is no greater mission than to serve and fight for those who fought for us. Thanks for listening, and thanks for caring. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe or rate us, or better yet, tell a vet and tell a friend to tune in by texting veterans to 57500 or go to KSL Pod podcast.com slash veterans. VA is honored to serve you. Talk to you next time.